Hello and welcome to ChamberCast, the Billings Chamber of Commerce's podcast. And I'm your host, Mariah Pennington. Public safety is one of the Chamber's top priorities. We have heard loud and clear from you, our members, that it's one of your biggest concerns and one of the city's top priorities as well. This week, I have Dan Brooks, the Director of Business Advocacy here at the Chamber, joining me, as well as City Administrator Chris Kokulski and Billings Chief of Police Rich St. John. Since public safety is such a big topic, we're going to split it into two parts. In part one of this episode, we'll talk about the current state of affairs on public safety here in Billings. And in part two, we'll talk about some solutions to the problems that we're facing. Gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you. Happy to be here. Let's just start right out of the gate. I've heard both of you say that Billings has a crime problem, and obviously people all over the city are noticing it. I think most people would agree with that and that there's certainly some that think that it's more of a perception of a problem and not a real problem and that they don't know the details of it. So, Chief, could you maybe just fill us in on how bad crime really is in Billings? Yeah, absolutely. And I'd say that there's a a little bit of both. Certainly, we've seen significant increases the last few years in violent crime. In fact, we saw a 77% increase uh, over 19 and 20, and that's what's really noticeable to the, uh, to the citizens. And uh, homicides, uh, most of them are uh, you know, involving drugs. Uh, and the perception issue, I think, goes to the downtown situation. We certainly are struggling with the uh, homeless, homelessness mm-hmm. issue, transient, vagrant-type behavior. To some people, they don't bother them, but to others, it, it's, it's certainly a problem. And so there's a little bit of of, uh, both of those situations going on. Mm -hmm. But it's not really just downtown. There's violent crime happening all over the city. Certainly. The violent crime is is citywide. Nobody is exempt. I think that we just saw that in a West End neighborhood Mm -hmm. and then a few days later up in the Heights. And the transient type problems, too, have spread citywide. They used to be pretty much limited to downtown area, but we're seeing it all areas of town. And so nobody's exempt from it. And it's certainly a a difficult situation for the police Mm -hmm. department to get handles on. Yeah. Anything you want to add, Chris? If folks want to go out to billingsmt.gov, they can look at the annual report from the police department. It's got 10 years of data on it. So I'll just give you one point. So total aggravated assaults. A decade ago, we were hovering around 250. Three to five years ago, we were hovering around 400. Mm-hmm. Then we, 2018, 2019, we we're closer to 500. And in 2020, 781 aggravated assaults. So that's just one. But if you look at the statistics on the violent crime in that report, you'll see 10 years of data. So this is not just a spiking problem in the last 12 months. This has been mm-hmm. growing pretty consistently for a while. Mm-hmm. So, and I think to the point that this is a, a problem for the whole city of Billings. We often look at crimemapping.com for our, our SEPTED work, and you'll see that burglaries, car thefts, some assaults really happen all around town from, from the Heights all the way down to the West End. How does that affect your officers, Chief, as far as having to cover such a broad territory with a force that's, as we hear, continually doing more with less? Well, it's, it's very difficult. We do deploy our resources as best we can to make sure that we can cover the entire city. Understand that sometimes it takes us a little while to get there. One of the things that I'm tracking right now and will be for future presentations is that we're starting to see routinely 
from the communications center, double-digit in-progress calls that are being held. So what that means is there's some things that are going on, and we have no officers to send. And that that's citywide as well. And this is a situation that we have spoken about time and time again. 911, can you hold, is not acceptable here. Mm-hmm. So given the resources we have, and of course this goes to the CPSM study that, that was referenced, we're trying to be as efficient and effective as we can with the existing resources. Mm-hmm. We continue to grow. We're probably 111, 112,000 in the city limits proper. Uh, there was a recent report in the Gazette that said Yellowstone County grew about 3%. It just common sense dictates that more people here are going to generate more work for not just the police department, mm-hmm. but all city services. And we need to be nimble enough to handle all of those. In fact, a decade ago, the police department responded to about 60,000 calls for service. Last year, that number was 97,000 calls for service. Wow. So it's, it's moving up at a pretty solid pace, as the chief points out. So can you clarify just for our listeners what some of those root causes are for that violent crime? I think you kind of alluded to it, but maybe just be more specific. Well, the aggravated assault category covers homicide, covers uh, some uh, strangulation cases, serious assaults with weapons, robberies, things like that. And so uh, we saw a significant increase in in strangulation cases, which are uh, uh, 100% conducive to what we're seeing in our domestic situation. Mm -hmm. So a lot of of stress at home. Um, The homicide situation really exploded. And uh, the common denominator there is methamphetamine. Mm -hmm. We're seeing a pure product that's coming from Mexico. The uh, borders are open. For the most part, uh, we're starting to see an influx of fentanyl, which is coming from China. So we have our methamphetamine laced with it or mm-hmm. standalone fentanyl really causing some serious problems. Guns are, have spread because of uh, people buying them up, a lot of them getting stolen. And we're seeing uh, street-level dealers, for example, with the propensity to, to be very protective of their product mm-hmm. and their turf. And that's what's a result of some of these assaults that we're seeing. Yeah, and then there's also the mental health issue that's happening. Certainly. Those are all overarching and a, and a whole other uh, discussion topic when you're talking about mental illness and co-occurring mm-hmm. addiction issues. You know, this is something that, you know, the city is working with our social partners on mm-hmm. that. I'd have to defer to the administrator because uh, he sits on the e-board for that. You know, at the end of the day, we're not social workers. We are uh, law enforcement officers, but more and more, we need to come up with creative solutions to get those people the help that they need and divert it out of the, out of the uh, criminal justice system. So the community, actually, just before uh, and early on in my arrival in late 2018, what, 82 organizations in our community came together to create Yellowstone Substance Abuse Connect. I think they laid out their strategies that they'd put together just before the pandemic. I think we were all together in February of of last year. Later this year, we will be uh, rolling out a mobile crisis unit. And that was one of the key outcomes of that group's work. And just as the chief said, what, what from my perspective, what I'm learning here, right, once upon a time, you dialed 911, you were needing either the police department or the fire department to come help you with your emergency. We're now learning there's so many, there's such a wide spectrum of need and crisis that people are in that we're trying to figure out, frankly, what is the most effective way right. to help 
mm-hmm. this person in need uh, and and use some of these best practices from around the country to uh, to be implemented here in Billings more efficiently and and more effectively in helping these individuals. So uh, part of the reason for finding those innovative and creative solutions, mobile crisis unit, et cetera, is to keep people out of jail that might not need to be in jail because we do have a jail overcrowding issue. How is that affecting our public safety situation in Billings? Well, certainly the, uh, the situation in the jail is problematic when we cannot get people in there. You know, to the sheriff's credit, they take people that need to be in there. So the, the ones required by statute and those that, are, uh, that create a significant threat to the public. But the more problematic ones, uh, the shoplifters, the burglars, you know, things that really irritate people, uh, we have to release with a notice to appear. And a lot of times they don't show up for court. So it's just a revolving door. The complexity of the issue is that, that although the jail is uh, over 100% over capacity, at least 100 to 110 people down there are state Department of Corrections inmates that have been adjudicated and waiting to be sent somewhere. So again, now it takes everybody from uh, county commissioners to our policy body uh, to law enforcement to to get on the state Department of Corrections to get their people out of there. If you free up 110 beds for local stuff, then some of the issues that we're seeing, I, I think, would probably not go away, but be a little bit more manageable. So I want to kind of credit our local legislators after this legislative session of having addressed a number of those jail overcrowding issues, trying to find some solutions, working with the new director of Department of Corrections to see if they can't find ways to move their inmates out of our system so that we can free up those beds. But uh, one of our local programs that has recently suffered because of that lack of space is the local MAP program, Motivated Addiction Alternative Programs, meant to provide either a, a carrot or a stick for, for getting people into treatment or going to jail. But we don't have that stick part of the equation has that been affecting some of how your officers operate, in particular the downtown region where they are trying to implement that MAP program? Well, absolutely, because that was the, the mechanism that we were using to try to divert people out of the, the criminal justice system. There had been up to five beds for that MAP program. And again, our, our intent is to get people treatment, not to arrest them and put them in jail. So it definitely, uh, when that program went away, for a myriad of reasons, the overcrowding, the pandemic, then that, then that really stopped the program dead in its tracks and we didn't have any leverage. And so now we're dealing with the problem again. So we're kickstarted that program again and trying to get it going. But as you see, there's a significant influx of that population in the downtown area of late that we need to, to work very hard to get under control. Hey, we're going to take a quick break because I want to tell you about a great opportunity to get your business name in front of our listeners. It's called an advertising break. And it's what we're doing right now. If you're interested in leveraging your business by advertising on this podcast, Chambercast, all you have to do is send an email to us at podcast at billingschamber.com. That's podcast at billingschamber.com. And just let us know that you're interested in more details about how you would get an ad spot on our podcast, Chambercast. It's that simple. And now we're going to get back to the show. So we want to talk a little bit about what is already being done. I think there's this idea that, you know, we're not doing, we're not being proactive on all of this stuff. We're just 
waiting for a mill levy to pass or whatever. The Center for Public Safety Management guys had an expert evaluation. When was that done, Chris? Do you know when that evaluation was done? The Center for Public Safety Management analysis was done over this past year. So through the pandemic, through 2020, they analyzed every call that came in in 2019, as well as kind of all the functions and services and delivery methods in both police, fire, and dispatch. Okay. So those reports came in, gosh, it was late 2020. In fact, the fire report is being presented uh, June 7th. So they found some ways that the police department could be more efficient. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, half of the full-time employees that we're asking for in the next levy discussion, half of those are non-sworn civilian positions, which they point out is a is a more efficient way to deliver a whole series of services. You know, they can't cover everything, mm-hmm. but our officers are often tied up doing some work that the civilian more efficient, more effective at that particular mm-hmm. task uh, will be able to do for us. And that that cut the cost of our ass down considerably by uh, the methods of which we'll deploy right. services. So one of the recommendations in there was to implement a false alarm ordinance We had some conversations last year, hoping to connect with the Omaha PD to talk about their false alarm ordinance. And when I was talking to their deputy chief said, uh, you know, once they implemented that, they basically didn't have any problems with uh, false alarms. And we know that's, that's an issue with that we face here in Billings. Our officers go out to these false alarms. It's really taken away resources from dealing with real problems in Billings. We'd like to uh, partner and, and work on that here in the future. What are some possible roadblocks that we might face and how can how can we help get that done how can our members perhaps be engaged in that process well we've been looking at that as well and this is not the first time this has come up when we talked about it many many years ago the the alarm industry was very very concerned about that and, and took some steps to make sure that alarm was truly legit before they dispatched a police officer And I think everybody here can relate that if you have an alarm system, there's three or four phone numbers that they're calling before they before they send us. You know, administratively, I don't see any uh, any obstacles to that. I too have looked at some sample ones out there, not one to reinvent the wheel. Don't want to generate a lot of administrative work for Mm -hmm. either police department staff or admin down there, such as registering every alarm system in this in the city. There are programs out there that don't require that, but we do track them. And then again, uh, you know, full transparency here, Dan, the number, you know, one of the top violators of the false alarm would be the Billings Police Department Evidence Facility, because that's a 24-7, although it's not staff, we got people coming and going, and they're not doing a very good job making sure the alarm's not set. So, of course, we take very good care of our own facilities, but... We need to clean our house up before I start, you know, asking the community to do the same. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Well, I think that is about it for this first episode because we're going to dig into more of the solutions in our second episode. But at the end, and this was, I mean, this is a heavy topic. It's just a heavy thing to talk about. But at the end of our episodes, we like to do something called the Rorschach questions. So Rorschach, get an ink blot. You got to tell me right away what you think it looks like. Well, we do that with questions. I didn't prep you on these questions. They're not hard questions. They're more questions so that people can get to know you on a personal level. So I'm going to ask you them and you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. And we'll, we'll start with chief because he's giving me faces over there. So, okay. 
This is a fun one. Chief, uh, what are you watching on Netflix right now if you watch Netflix? Don't watch Netflix. <laughs> How did uh, I know you were going to say that? <laughs> don't have Netflix. So, well, depending on who gets control of the uh, channel changer first, uh-huh. it's HGTV <laughs> or Hallmark. On the flip side of that, it would be Blue Bloods. Oh, yeah. Okay. And SEAL Team would be the. Uh, Cool. The non or the non Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Ones. Chris. So on Amazon, I'm trying to get through Parenthood oh. and see end of season five, and then I just finished up a short one, World on Fire. I heard oh. that, that was good, and that okay. was good. If you uh, if you're interested in any world uh, any mm. history, yeah. So, okay, and last one. This one might be hard. What did the last year teach you about yourself? Well, I think perseverance. I, and I also think, uh, you know, not so much what I taught about myself, it's what I learned about our organization mm-hmm. and uh, and the city in general. The loyalty, mm. the desire to perform, do your job regardless mm-hmm. of the uh, of the adversity that everybody was uh, was facing at that time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that just kind of transcend to transcends into, you know, what suck it up. <laughs> You know, we're, we're all good here and I, you know, I got nothing to complain about. Yeah. I got a staff that's mm-hmm. willing to come to work, wants to come to work. Mm-hmm. Um, we're a little irritated that we made them do stuff remotely because, you know, they, they <laughs> wanted to, to, to be together and doing things Yeah, and they adapted and, uh, and just did a great job. And so, uh, learned a mm-hmm. lot. I mean, what I already knew, you know, yeah. but, uh, but even more. Chris? Slow down, appreciate things more. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had the pandemic like everyone else also went through a pretty personal challenge. Thankfully, my <laughs> wife is totally fine, but she went through a brain aneurysm. Mm-hmm. But then on the joyful side, I had a daughter get married mm-hmm. and another daughter head off to college for a freshman mm-hmm. year. So, no, just not to be in such a hurry to get yeah. everything done. Yeah. He hasn't seen those bills yet. So <laughs> stand, stand by. <laughs> You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day and we'll be with you again on our next episode. So just really appreciate you taking the time today. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Great. That is it for this part of this episode. We're going to continue this conversation with Chris Kokulski and Chief St. John and Dan Brooks. So keep an eye out for part two. That will be airing two weeks from now on June 16th. We will put links in the show notes to everything that we talked about today in case you want to learn more about what's happening with public safety here in Billings. If you want to advertise with us, give us some feedback, suggest a future topic, or even just ask a question, please feel free to email us at podcast at billingschamber.com. Hey, thanks to Dan for joining us and always to Jack Genoway for producing. And we want to give a big thank you to Chris and Chief St. John for being here. Most of all, we want to thank you, our listeners. Please don't forget to subscribe to Chambercast wherever you get your podcasts because there's something here for everyone.